The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. So, listen up. It's time for another stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 118 with guests Steve Cellini, Jeremy Masner, Michael Lehman, and Jeff Sandquist, recorded live Friday, June 17th, 2005. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering hands-on VBNet and ASPNet classes remotely online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for ASPNet development online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers, online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the drummer for Band on the Runtime at the PDC, Carl Franklin. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, everybody. Welcome to .NET Rocks. I'm Carl I'm here on the east coast of the United States of America, New London, Connecticut, here for show 118. And uh, as always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, my partner in crime out there in Vancouver, British Columbia. Will you please welcome Mr. Richard Campbell? Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Well, you know, pedaling along, week back from tech ed, and I'm almost caught up on my sleep. Yeah, and uh, you were a little grumpy at tech ed, weren't you? Well, it's it's been a couple of years since I've done back-to-back conferences, and I did that conference in the Netherlands, uh, SDC, before I got to Tech Ed. So, you know, Monday morning, Tech Ed, I'm looking around, and my body's saying, dude, why aren't you at home? Yeah. So, yeah, I was growly. Yeah. Well, I was glad to be home, but I mean, I, ne- I, I had so much fun there. What a great time. It was Learned- an amazing show, no question. Learned a lot, too. And, uh, you know, especially the, the regional directors, we had this little side meeting. We told the story on Mondays, too, but uh, we, we can't help ourselves. We just have to keep telling this story. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Goodyear, regional director, uh, in his group put together a battle bot that uh, is all .netified and .netterized. And it was actually... Um, they called it the finalizer. The finalizer. And it had some weapons on it, didn't it? Yeah, it, had it was heavily really, armed. Yeah. So the whole idea was this was going to uh, join Steve Ballmer on stage, and it did. So they, they did a test run for the regional directors, but it was all hush-hush, like there was going to be a special guest at our meeting. And, uh, man, you should have seen the uh, the smoke coming out of that thing. I mean, there was no smoke, but 
But several things went wrong during the demonstration. That well, they, admittedly, they sort of winged it for our show. Yeah, I mean, they, they winged it. They planned out the, the Tech Ed show, and it went flawlessly. It was but great. They're just sort of making it up the show for us. It it didn't move, and it, all kinds of weird <laughs> things happened. And and they made it worse. You know, they're hurrying to try and make it fixed. It's just like hacking right. at software. Exactly. They were causing more problems they were fixing. And, it's like after and, five uh, minutes, a thing finally crawls out and goes, you know, and John Alexander had the best line. What did he say? He said, <laughs> Uncle Owen, this droid's got a bad motivator. <laughs> oh, my God. And, they're ruthless. And I mean, I, I feel for uh, for John Goodyear because, you know, you couldn't ask for a worse crowd than 60 RDs. Right. Like it's a worst case scenario. But anyway, and they figured out. There we were. They figured out that it was just, you know, the things that they, they had strapped a camera onto it for just for this presentation. Hadn't really tested it with a camera. And there was some interference, like some RF interference with a remote or something. And then he like accidentally flipped the switch that turned off the, the arm chop. I mean, it was just like, you know. One thing after another. So, but but anyway, it was very cool, and I got to take a look at that thing close up. And man, I uh, pity the fool that goes up against that thing. Well, anyway, we'll uh, put a link to the uh, to the to the stories about this thing on on our website. Hey, Richard, we got some mail. I'm just a bit too. Lot a lot of mail. I'll just uh, pick out a few of them that I liked. And, I wonder uh, if, uh, how much of that came from doing the show live at TechEd, which was just a ton of fun. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I don't know. There was quite a quite a lot of people there. There was like a thousand people or something. Yeah, that showed a thousand up. people came to see us, and and they p- put us in the room furthest from the rest of the conference. I thought we'd walked <laughs> all the way to Cuba. Well, they originally had us in a in a smaller room, but th- so many people signed up that they had to move us to a bigger room, which the only bigger one was in Cuba, as you say. Yeah, way down the far side of the conference center. But so I'm glad everybody showed up. It was a lot. It was a huge crowd, and. We uh, we got a couple of sweaty moments there because the team system guys showed up literally the last minute, and we were right. starting to worry if we didn't have a show. Right. But uh, in typical fashion, they did show up, and everything was cool. But we had called Mark Miller, who was at his booth, his DevExpress booth, and said, hey, man, can you fill in uh, as, a, as a guest because we may, we may not have one here? He said, sure. So he huffed it over. So in, after they had like five minutes into their talk, Mark comes in like, huh? I was running in and we've got a show going. <laughs> and Richard st- stopped them and said, I just wanted to announce Mark Miller. And everybody clapped. Yeah, gave him a big cheer. And he figured I had to pay them all off to get him to cheer for him. All right, well, enough chit-chat. On to the mail. So Alan Baker writes, .NET Rocks Crew. Let me say first that I love the show. I'm an avid new listener. I have a suggestion for a show topic. The newly announced Microsoft Certified Architect Program. I've been blogging about it. And he gives us a link, shrinkster.com slash 61G. And I think it will have a major impact on the .NET developer community. So figure out who you need to talk to at Microsoft and get them on the show. Thanks, guys, for for entertaining and educating me, Alan Baker. What a great idea. It's a fabulous idea. You know, I talked to Clemens Vasters about this. He's one of the uh, early uh, people involved in the program is one of the certified architects. It's a great concept what they're doing there. And uh, I think long overdue, really, to have sort of a peer-based review system for uh, membership in, in a system like that. Absolutely. Thanks for the suggestion, Alan. And we'll be sending some swag your way. James Green says, greetings from Down Under. I just finished listening to show 116 with Michelle LaRue Bustamante. Man, you've got to give your future guests the option of A, cool thing they've downloaded, or B, can they beat Michelle's joke? <laughs> Man, I nearly broke a rib laughing out loud at that one. Oh, and a good show also, James Green. Well, maybe we'll see. You know, in lieu of maybe, well, never mind. We'll see. 
Uh, this one was good. Uh, you remember we talked about C++ server pages. We sort of poked a little fun at it. You know, sort of like, why? But uh, uh, Do- a loyal listener, Donald Hughes, writes, on your uh, May 9th, 2004 episode featuring .NET Nuke, I think he means 2005, you made a joke about C++ server pages. In fact, I don't, I don't quite know what he, he might be using a different notation of date. But anyway, it was the last .NET Nuke uh, show. You made a joke about C++ server pages. If I had not recently found a good reason to use this specific product, I would too likely have found the idea amusing. Last year, I was given the project of creating a web app that would be able to make our phone system dial a specific number from a specific phone based on the data the user was looking at. Basically, the app was to make it so the customer support reps would not have to waste time dialing the phone number, a task which each one would repeat hundreds of times a day. The only complexity of this project was that the phone system's API was only available in C++ libraries. Yeah. Yeah, my first approach was to write managed C++ wrappers, but the scope of doing that proved overwhelming and would have taken much more time than I had. My second approach was to create a ComDLL wrapper that I could invoke from my ASP.NET page. This worked, but opening and closing sockets to the phone system with each call using DLL import was too slow. I then realized that I would have to write a server that would manage connections so that I wouldn't have to keep opening and closing them. That's when I discovered C++ Server Pages, which installs as an ISAPI filter in IIS. I created one C++ Server Page that created, stored, and retrieved a pointer to the connection in the application object and accepted the several parameters it needed through the query string. With C++ Server Pages, I was up and running in less than three days. It has been running for nearly a year now with no problems. It never crashes, uses very little memory, and is fast enough to meet my requirements. The idea of writing every web app in C++ strikes fear into my heart, but it does have its uses. A loyal DNR fan, Donald Hughes. And he says, P.S. On several occasions, I had to email George Papanikolaou, whom I'm assuming is the primary developer of C++ server pages, while I was creating this app. He was extremely responsive and genuinely helpful. I wouldn't have expected such good support from a product I paid for, much less one that was free. How, how do you like that, man? I just, well, A, I'm blown away that there's a great use for the product. Yeah. I'm sure I could think of a couple of alternative methods, but it makes perfect sense, and it's probably the cleanest way to build it. But I also totally stoked the idea that this guy's built this thing, given it away, and is all over people who really want to use it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's an, it reminds me of you know the old days with Dan, guys like Dan Appleman. Right. Where we, we all supported what we were doing, and we were there right away. We weren't inundated with spam constantly, and... You could actually, you know, help people out. Great stuff. Well, thanks, Donald. And as you know that, uh, you know, um, my laptop is dying and uh, I sort of half jokingly put up a uh, PayPal uh, button for people to donate and they're coming out of the woodwork, man. I have almost 700 bucks. Yesterday, I got a PayPal donation for 100 bucks from from a guy named Mark Baker and I, I thanked him profusely. I say, you really didn't have to do that, but thanks anyway. He says, Carl, no problem. You've saved me way more than just that from what I've picked up from DNR, .NET Nuke, SQL Tips, and just a good laugh sometimes when I really need it after a long day. That really, really touched my heart. Hey, thanks, Mark. Yeah. And with that, let's get on to the show. We have four esteemed guests from Microsoft tonight. Steve Cellini, 
who runs the Longhorn, WinFX, and Community Evangelism teams and leads the PDC team. Jeremy Masner, a technical evangelist and content owner for PDC 2005. Michael Lehman, technical evangelist and director of podcasting for the PDC, an unofficial title, I'm told. Uh, and Jeff Sanquist, who is uh, has been on the show along with Steve before. He's a group manager on the platform evangelism team. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Great to be Thank here. You. So, I, you know, I, I find it hard talking to four people at once, so I guess we'll just go uh, in, in order here, and uh, I guess starting down the list with Steve, uh, you know, we've talked to you before. What are, what, are you, uh, what are you thinking about these days? Well, I'm thinking about, uh, I have some news to announce. There's going to be a PDC in September. Uh, I thought I'd choose this moment to actually break the news. We're wow. excited about it. Fantastic. Yep, yep. The week of September 12th. Uh, the first day of the sessions will be on Tuesday, September 13th, two days of pre-cons before that, which is a change. Uh, typically, we only have one day pre-con. We figured we'd uh, you just pile on the content. Yeah. So PDC has taken a lot of, a lot of uh, everyone's time around here these days. Fantastic. And thanks for announcing it on our show. Great. I thought I'd you know, throw something your way. Yeah, we need all the help <laughs> we can get, man. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm really looking forward to being there, and um, we have a ton of questions, of course, to ask you. Uh, Jeremy Masner, what do, what do you do, and uh, what have you been working on lately? Whatever Steve tells me is important, that's what I do. <laughs> a loyal employee. My day job uh, used to be Longhorn and WinFX Evangelism, and then uh, in January, Steve said, you know, we need someone to make sure that we have a great set of content at the PDC. Great. This time around. So my day job switched uh, for a few months there to doing full-time PDC planning, and we try and organize a cohesive, strategic view of the future of the Microsoft platform across uh, 160-plus breakout sessions, 80-plus labs, uh, hundreds of Ask the Experts tables. Um, we give out this, uh, a bits disk. We have a pre-conference. We have a post-conference disk. We, we do all kinds of things. So I've spent a bunch of time organizing that. Um, and now so you're I'm, sitting on the top of the stack here is the guy who's sort of responsible for the content full width, and then you've got people underneath that working in each area? Yes, that is correct. I have lots and lots and lots of help, um, but I'm, I kind of try and conduct the orchestra, if you will. And, and uh, provide the vision, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, try and, and influence, influence things here and there. I mean, there's, there's, the vision is actually a, a reflection. It really is a sort of top-down reflection of Microsoft strategy. So, yeah. you know, to, to, to some extent, the, the vision for PDC is set by guys like Jim Alchin, who who really been thinking about the future of the platform. Right, um, right, right. Try and, right. You know, there, there, there are definitely a couple of things I'm, I'm trying to do in, in terms of vision, like uh, reemphasizing our focus on technical content at PDC, reemphasizing a focus on kind of scenarios and not just individual features mm. um, okay so i work on that and then i'm actually uh you know that's that's my nine to five job and then my five to nine job is still working on longhorn evangelism <laughs> and uh, doing some work with ie7 and security so i like that the five to nine job. jobs <laughs> okay cool well uh michael lehman technical evangelist and director of podcasting so you're you're the podcasting guy for the pdc what's that all about man so we're using podcasting in a, in a number of different ways. Um, we just started a, a weekly podcast called the PDC05 Buzzcast, hmm. and uh, that's where we're, I'm doing a, a weekly show uh, introducing various people who are going to be presenting or who are in the process of creating PDC, 12 weeks worth leading up to the PDC. Uh, this week's uh, edition just got uh, posted yesterday and features an interview with Jeremy 
talking about uh, how PDC is put together from the inside. Uh, In addition to that, we have some other plans that are still uh, in the works that are involving uh, podcasts of of a variety of of things related to community podcasts as well as things that we're planning to do uh, at PDC as well. So are you going to, like they did at TechEd, sort of go around on, uh, you know, the segues and with cameras or microphones and just try to talk to people on the floor? Or are you going to uh, broadcast interviews with the content providers or all of the above? What's the, what can we, we expect? Our, our, our plans are still uh, developing. Uh, I personally am kind of a podcast purist and believe that it's about audio. Yeah. Uh, mostly. And so See, this, uh, we'll do it. We'll have a different tone to it then. This is Jeff. It was a little bit different tone to it, I think, than what TechEd did. Yeah. Um, they did a lot of great things. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to keep podcasts pure. We're going to make them out as MP3s and WMAs for people and expose them on Channel 9. Um, we actually have a couple out there already today. If you go to channel9.msdn.com slash PDC, mm-hmm. you'll see uh, Mike's uh, first PDC buzzcast. Uh, buzzcast. But at the event, I don't know if we'll go with uh, segues. I don't know if I really want to see Robert Scoble on a segue. Uh, <laughs> just have to give him the key that only allows it to just crawl around. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think, you know, PDC, we're going to do a couple things around around the video and the audio. We're going to podcast, and we're going to have Channel 9 there on location. We'll be do some, we'll do some neat uh, videos of, of both attendees and also um, those uh, speaking at the event. We're still Fabulous. planning. And, uh, you know, check out channel9.msdn.com dot com slash pdc mm-hmm. uh, have to give the plug in we've got a lot of stuff going on there right now we've got contests we've got um a coding contest that uh, allows you, you you write some code with this would be shareware starter kit we have we have mm-hmm. a blog your way to the pdc contest for those two contests you can win uh, tickets to the event including the pre-conference your hotel accommodations and a thousand dollar airfare for the event we've got a thing called uh, pdc flare uh which you've got to check out it's um a way for you to to um, put some stuff on your blog, and by doing so, we'll link back to you. Now it'll build up your page rank up oh, on cool. a certain famous uh, uh, search engine, but um, but also it helps us promote the PDC, and you can uh, also uh, make your own flair. We've also got uh, videos up there that are going to show behind the scenes of the PDC as we do our planning, mm-hmm. and uh, and the podcast, of course. So. Uh, podcast will be a big part of the PDC, but I think we're going to be a little bit more pure about the ones that we do at the PDC. Okay. Did you want to add anything to that, Michael? Uh, just that, uh, you know, I think that we're uh, going to have a lot of really interesting content with uh, talking with the people who are actually building uh, both PDC and the people who are going to be there telling us in their own words why they think it's worth coming to see them. All right. So let me ask you guys, why why go to the PDC? What are we going to expect? What What can you tell us about it? Well, I'll take a I'll take a first shot at it, and I think uh, this is Steve Chalene. I think everybody will will also want to add to it. Um, I, I guess as you as you probably know, the PDC has always been kind of a special conference. We we don't have them every year. We basically have them when we think we have platform news. Um, it's uh, it's kind of it's a strategic event for the company because we we do you know take a lot of time and try to figure out what the message is, try to hone it down, make it as actionable as possible. But also, given the fact that it's future-oriented, you know, it's, there's always the risk that things will change, and certainly we've seen that in the past. Uh, Jeremy mentioned that the top-level vision comes from folks like Jim Alchin. We actually had a review with uh, Jim on Wednesday around PDC, spent an hour talking about what we're doing, where we're going, gave us a lot of feedback, gave us a lot of ideas about what he thinks we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, uh, you know, unusual in, in that it, it does go from t- 
you know, top down. It also goes bottom up. We, we talk to every product team and say, tell right. us what you think is news. What's going to be important in 18 and 24 months? So from that perspective, the PDC has always been a kind of a differently different kind of conference. Forward-looking uh, more than... Forward-looking, yeah. and, you know, it's not on a regular basis. So when it right. does come around, it's, it's because there's this, this confluence of uh, strategic news. This PDC in particular is, is, you know, I'm pretty excited about it because, um, you know, for the first time, really, long, you know, the two big products that Microsoft has, which is, you know, the OS and, and Office, Longhorn and Office 12, we're going to be talking about both of them, you know, in, yeah. in, in a big way from a developer perspective. And uh, we think, you know, I, I, you know I'm not, I can't share things right now, yeah, but sure. we think people are going to be pretty excited about what they're, what they're going to be seeing. How much of the PDC is going to be about the, the launch, which will be just in a couple of months from the PDC? You know, be the, about what, what they're going to see at the launch. You mean the Longhorn launch? But, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Whidbey launch. launch. Yeah. Uh, you know, Whidbey and Yukon are, you know, from, from, a, from the platform message perspective, uh, Whidbey and Yukon are important parts of the platform. Whidbey in particular is the tool set for Longhorn. So we're going to be talking a, a bit about Whidbey, but, you know, not, not as much as we're going to be talking about the stuff that's coming after Whidbey. Right. There's lots of talk about Whidbey on the ground everywhere else, right? So this is, right, this right. is your real... PDC, and, you know, at the last PDC, we went really deep on both of those things. Right, right. TechEd went really deep on, on both those things uh, just last week or two weeks ago. So at this PDC, we'll be sort of acknowledging Whidbey and you kind of shipping now. Jeremy can talk to you a little bit about some deep content we have planned there, but it it really is going to be in the context of these are the things you use to build, you know, to build on for the future technologies. Yeah, I guess I mean Studio two thousand five is done. It hasn't shipped by September, but it'll it's. But but we will more or less say you know it is shipped and 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 here and you'll see everyone you know giving demos will be using Visual Studio two thousand five. Right. We do as I mentioned, uh, we will be talking a little bit about about. Uh, the you know, version V two O of the .NET framework and Whidbey, excuse me, and Yukon, but the main emphasis will be beyond that. Absolutely. So there's obviously a lot has happened since PDC two thousand three, which was all about Longhorn, and uh, for for what it, you know reasons that we all have heard about over and over again, you know things slipped, and so there's another chance to sort of recapture that fire. And uh, obviously, there's got to be a lot of things new that you guys have been working on. People haven't really been focusing on Longhorn as much as they were right around the PDC 2003. So, uh, am I? Is that a fair assumption? Are there? Are we going to be mean, surprised? Uh, you mean people, people within the company have not been focusing as much. No, 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 not within the company. Yeah, I mean, yeah, out, out in the community. Obviously, yeah, that's what you absolutely. guys have been doing. I mean, but. We, we 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 told a story about where things are going in 03, and you know, um, you know, the PDC is, is about a kind of transparency and. And things changed. We took a lot of feedback at PDC03, and a big part of that feedback was the result that uh, last August, August of '04, yeah, the, the game plan changed. We yep. said, um, yeah, it seems to me that that PDC 2003 served its purpose. You sure. put it in, put those early bits out in front of us, and we gave us your opinion. Yeah, yeah. So the question was, uh, you know, am I correct in assuming that? Uh, that you guys have some some nuggets that you're sort of uh, holding out to. Are we going to be surprised by some some really? We, cool we certainly hope you'll be surprised. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, pleasantly surprised. We think we have some generally new news. We think that uh, some of the old news that you might know about has changed, and you'll be interested in hearing what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, and but it is it is a little bit different than O3 in that we really are you know on the on the 
plane is lined up on the runway, we want to give you everything, you as a developer, everything you need to know to prepare for when these things launch, uh, you know, when, when they RTM. Cool. So, uh, you know, we, we think there, there will be genuinely new news that we think will surprise you quite a bit. We think that when you see these things, Lawhorn and Office, you'll be genuinely excited both as a developer, you know, the, the cool geeky stuff there, and as a, from an opportunity perspective, meaning, you know, I can use this stuff. Yeah. And also, I think you'll just look at, you'll love the way these things look and, and what you see. Now, if you want a hint at what's coming, uh, you should go back and analyze those snippets of what sounded like boarding announcements that actually contain <laughs> you play it embedded back. within them secret yeah. messages about PC yeah. content. So the, the, the reason we're hearing that is, Jeff, you're actually catching a plane right now, right? Yeah, unfortunately, my uh, my flight was delayed by a number of hours today, so I am actually at the Burbank Airport after uh, okay. a, a week of traveling. I'm actually going to have to drop off here in about 10 minutes. That's actually my call. So. All right. Bye, Jeff. So, you know, the, the discussion about sort of PDC 2003 and, and what are we saying and are we going to say it again, actually, it's sort of a good segue into what PDC is, is really all about, mm -hmm. um, which is... You know, it's it's a forward-looking, uh, how to say it? We focus on forward-looking platform roadmap, yeah, uh, roadmap and strategy, and so it's a little bit on the edge. You know, right. we have some conferences like TechEd that really focus on on the today and the here and now. Yeah, um, and we have a choice to make when it comes to something like PDC, which is: are we only going to talk about the stuff that's just totally baked and the plan is completely ready, and we can you know announce down to the minute when the thing is going to ship? Um, or do we try and be a little bit more um, open, let's say, and a little bit more aggressive in being speculative with our sure. dev community and sharing with them what we think our roadmap's going to be yeah. and what we think our vision is all about? Um, and you know, one of the, there's a huge benefit to doing that, I think, which is for the community, there's a big benefit to see where we're going. And for Microsoft, it's a big benefit to get the feedback. Uh, the risk, obviously, is that you know we're not talking about things that are all the way locked down. Right. So I think that's exactly what you saw at PDC 2003. We we spent yep. a bunch of time getting you know saying, look, we've been really excited about all this work that we've been doing. We think this is the plan. We think these are the, actually we said two things. We think that we think this is kind of the the next direction for applications and the next set of scenarios. And we think this is the plan for how to get there. And if I had to summarize the PDC 2003 feedback, it was. You guys are dead on in the scenarios. Yeah. Um, your plan for how to get there needs a little bit of work. Um, you need to support some of this stuff on on down level, and so we you know we took that into account. Mm -hmm. And you know we're gonna we're because the folks planning it this time around are the same ones who planned it last time. We're certainly sensitive to um, trying to to get the plan a little bit more solid this time around. But there, there's going to be plenty of stuff where well, we're still a little bit speculative. And, and we're, two years have passed. So. Well, I mean, it makes sense that the plan's going to yeah. be more solid because you're further down the road and you've learned more things and then things have improved. But right. at the same time, we're going to continue looking forward, I guess is my point. So for Longhorn specifically, obviously, we, we've, had, we've had some good time to make progress. And I think you are going to be um, pleasantly surprised by, by some of the things that we haven't been able to talk about yet. And we'll, we'll talk about PDC. And we're going to continue to look forward too and we'll talk about things that are you know maybe even beyond longhorn and say look this is this is speculative stuff we're not promising anything but take a look and, and give us your feedback again now of course uh we we would be crazy if we didn't bring up the thing that's on everybody's mind about what they're going to see at the pdc you know what i'm talking about the new notepad <laughs> <laughs> wait How did, did you hear about that 
Come on, you can spill the beans, man. You're not going to get it from us. I'm telling you. It's, let me. Let me. I'm prepared to promise you that we will have a newer build of Notepad that has never been seen out in public. You heard it here, people. You heard there it on my go. show. I mean, that's really hanging it out there. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm confident. Woo! And in fact, if that's not enough, we know that also, you know, that's for the coders out there. For the artists, uh, I can also promise a new build of paint. Oh. And I think that's really the, everything that the community needs. Richard? What about for the business guys? Is there a new build of Solitaire? Uh, wait, wait, wait. We're not ready to say anything. No comment. That. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> the sponsor money is pouring in right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's a scoop. Well, so is there any absolutely anything at all that uh, that you can hint at that uh, that we should be prepared to be wowed by? Well, have you guys looked at the uh, early session list we put up? Uh, no, I have not. No, the session of uh, content. You mean? So if you go to msdn.microsoft.com/pdc. You will find a link that says something, Agenda and Sessions. I'm going to go there now. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, so um, let's take a look through there. And I'm not going to give you any more information than what's on there, but okay. I see there's an entry for IE7 Overview. Nice. That'll be interesting. Building rich Internet applications with ASP.NET. I think that might prove to be interesting. Auxiliary devices, reaching when you use your users when their machine is off. Mm-hmm. That's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, the future innovations in data access and storage will be quite interesting, especially when paired with this other session there called Deep Integration of Relational Data and XML in your .NET programming language. Hmm. Um, but there's, there's some good nuggets in there where we're, we're starting to hint at things. Yeah, under tools and languages, their first one there, C-sharp 3.0 language innovation. Did you mention that one? I didn't. I didn't, that's, but that's, uh, that's on I mean, the list. kind of hints, hints strongly wow. at something there. Wow. Yeah, I mean, and you know, and take a look at the, the all the sessions for Office 12. I mean, that's that's pretty stunning. Um, here's one: developing an end-to-end document workflow solution using Office client server technology. So, is that a hint that mm-hmm. there's some people at Microsoft thinking about workflow solutions? Yeah, I think the answer is yes. Well, that's great, and of course, there's the things that we would expect: a lot of Indigo, uh, a lot of Avalon. Avalon. Absolutely. Um, you're going to see a decent amount of um, some ASP.NET content, but it's going to be a little bit of it's going to be futury stuff. Uh, most of it is going to be really deep 400 level kind of mind shattering uh, technical Great. details inside the system to help you really get the most out of that platform. Um, we're going to have some content on IIS 7, which we think is really exciting. Uh, the stuff that those guys are doing is fantastic. And I've had a chance to see some peaks at some of the IIS7 stuff. It's a huge jump forward. I'm looking at beautiful code, beautiful design, Avalon applications your designers can work with. That's my title. You that's, like that? That's pretty they, nice, They originally man. had some very boring title, and I, I tried to... <laughs> you know, because we all think our code is beautiful. You write good code, you hit that last enter key, and it works in just the way you want to, and you look back and you say, man, that is beautiful code. I'm, I'm proud of that one. So that that's one. Uh, uh, you know, we had the acrylic beta just hit. Um, right. so we're we're thinking about how to, how we help uh, improve the graphic experience that so, comes to applications on the Microsoft platform. Let's define acrylic for our listeners. Oh, now you're going to make me know the actual name. Uh, and Microsoft. Well, give us an idea. Expression Studio Designer. Anyone know the real name of that thing? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up here. Uh, acrylic is a a tool that we think 
can be used in the development process to help uh, create more and more interactive and more shiny, cool-looking UIs and user experiences. I'm, I probably totally butchered that. I'm actually yeah. not prepared to yeah. give there's, <laughs> there's an acrylic PM out there cursing your name. Right. Yeah. But it's yeah. a it's a graphic uh, design a la Photoshop kind of application. Is that what you would compare it to in terms of uh, class of application? I think the intention, yeah, is that you can you can draw stuff with it is the way I think about it. Okay. I remember uh, at the MVP Summit last year, uh, Steve Ballmer talking about the fact that there were so many different drawing programs inside of Microsoft and saying these all need to be brought together. Uh, perhaps acrylic is that. That's sort of, yeah, this is the, so, the... First of all, let me say that the beta is available for download. Microsoft.com slash product slash expression because the, the official product name will be part of this expression suite. I forget exactly what Acrylic's name is. Okay. Uh, it'll be expression something designer. And uh, I'm just going to repeat what the webpage says now. That'll maybe get me out of trouble. <laughs> Acrylic is the code name for an innovative <laughs> illustration, painting, and graphics tool. It provides exciting creative capabilities for designers working in print, web, video, and interactive media. Good, good. I can't wait to see that. Yep, freely downloadable. So, anyways, I think that, that that beautiful code, beautiful design, uh, hints at, at some of the, the things we're doing there. Obviously, you know, one of the things we talked about extensively in 2003 was how we really think that Avalon is going to bridge the gap between designers and developers and make it possible for the, the beautiful things that designers come up with to be realized in, in shipping code. And so, we definitely want to talk more about that and show the progress we're making there. You know, earlier uh, you you asked somebody asked you know what's the vision for this PDC where does it come from and I think it, it there's a couple levels and layers of vision one is obviously you know what what do what where does the company think is going strategically from a platform perspective I mentioned you know Jim Jim is, is sort of driving that and we have other folks yeah. uh, you know high level folks from all the product teams and it also comes bottom up I mean you have product teams think you know to some extent designing their own futures and you'll see that coming through here. And there's other layers or kinds of vision here. Jeremy has talked about his his dream that we sort of rededicate the PDC to really deep, thoughtful you know, content that can only be delivered by Microsoft uh, coders to PDC attendees. In other words, these are talks that only can be delivered at PDC because of the unique, unique uh, you know, juxtaposition of presenter and attendee. There's also you know sort of a community vision. Jeff, before uh, he got called onto his flight. He sort of mentioned, you know, a number of things that we're going to be doing leading up to the PDC and at the PDC from a community perspective. Yeah. The stuff Michael's doing with the podcast, the Channel 9 stuff. You know, so there's, there's a lot of visions coming together here. And I think, you know, that's what I'm, I'm pretty excited about how, you know, we took an initial stab at a lot of these ideas and for PDC 03. And we're really, you know, taking another step further for 05. So is Channel 9 really representative of your, you know, the, the center of your of your community efforts? These days, or are there just I, I, like a suite of places where people can? I think go? it's I think it's an important one uh, one very important place. It's a different kind of community. It certainly doesn't replace MSDN, for instance, which is a different kind of community. Yeah. Channel Nine is, is about the face of the developer. You know, quote, you know, we, we say join the conversation on Channel Nine. It's a different kind of content, and and it's definitely you know a, a, definitely a goal there is to create an emotional connection. Yeah, it's more informal, right? It's very informal. I mean, content clearly, content is 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 conveyed there in those videos. Um, yeah. But it's it's different. Whereas MSDN has a different kind of community role. Uh, all the blogging that goes on mm -hmm. is, has a, yet another another uh, 
sort of thing is trying to accomplish there. Blogging is sort of filling in the blanks and um, you know almost accidental transfer of information. Someone says, "I got to share this," no right. one necessarily asks for it. So, it, Channel Nine is a very important and, from our perspective, uh, you know, a really different uh, way to sort of achieve some of the community angle there. I gotta, I gotta, you know, say that there aren't a lot of companies that would have the cojones to do a Channel Nine, you know, because you're basically opening up your warts to the world and saying, look, this is who we are. This is us in our meetings talking about this stuff, you know, talking about transparency. Yeah, so, it is. It's kind of, it, it is hanging it out there. And uh, I was not a Channel 9 founder. Jeff was. Um, it's, so he, and unfortunately, he's called to his flight. But, you know, I was watching it from a little bit of a distance. And I know that it went through a number of different iterations before we finally found one that would you know, sort of squeak through. Yeah, the early ideas, uh, you know, got shut down, and you might have seen people blog about that. Um, but what emerged is is actually pretty pretty valuable, and it it really surprised a lot of people at this company about how valuable it was in terms of making making people uh, sit up and notice about you know what what are these what are these videos about? It's such a simple concept, really. Right. It's, it's incredibly simple, but it really is powerful in that regard. And it feels kind of a, a nice spot because there's you know at the same time Channel Nine was happening. The, sort of blog revolution was happening, right? You've got yeah. these hundreds and then thousands of Microsoft people blogging. But Channel 9 is a great outlet for people who aren't comfortable blogging or you know, wouldn't even think necessarily sometimes to, to start up a blog to talk about right. technology. And yet you get to see them and connect with them and hear what they're up to. Well, and really and, there's no effort on their part. It's a, Scoble comes into the office with a camera and then you talk and that's it, right? I mean, they don't really have true, to do it's, much. It's not as easy as Scoble makes it look. Yeah. He comes in and says, who are you? But um, right. not everyone should be on Channel 9 and not everyone should blog. It isn't, <laughs> as Jeremy put it, it is a good outlet for for some folks. Um, and you, you're just surprised that, you know, which Channel 9 videos are really, you know, really come out as true gems. It's, it's not easy to predict in advance. Forms development should definitely check out Telerik RAD RAD Control Suite, the UI essentials for rapid ASP.NET development. Online at www.telerik.com, T E L E R I K.com. They're a new sponsor, and uh, we've taken their tools for a test drive here, and we like what we see. This indispensable collection of components cover the major aspects of most web applications. From the CMS Backbone and the WYSIWYG Editor to Navigation, Content Rotation, and Charting. Telerik has just released version Q1 2005 of the RAD Control Suite, which features new major versions of their Tree View, Panel Bar, and Charting components. The company has been prominent for frequent releases, so you can expect something new every month. 
RAD Controls is not merely a collection of ordinary controls, but rather a value set of products, many of which are market leaders in their respective categories. They've received a number of industry awards and recognitions. Moreover, as of June 2004, a modified version of their flagship control, the HTML content editor called RAD Editor, has been made available by Microsoft as a replacement of the default HTML placeholder in Microsoft Content Management Server 2002. All the individual controls can also be purchased separately. If you only need navigation components, for example, you can opt in for the subset called RAD Navigation Suite. A subscription option is also available, which entitles you to new products and free updates for one year. So you should definitely check them out. Telerik RAD Control Suite Q1 2005 for ASP.NET at com. Well, now, you guys have got probably collectively a lot of years of experience at different companies other than Microsoft. So you, you know what it's like out there in the, in the corporate world. Do you see any other companies like that, that might be able to learn a lesson from what you guys have done with your, with your transparency uh, that, that, you know, that, that should take a, take a nod from you guys or, or that is I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'd say any, customer, any company that has customers could benefit from it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that really sounds simplistic and almost yeah. like a scobalism, right? Um, but I, I do think there's some truth there. I mean, it's it's opening up to your customers and and to the people you know in, in Microsoft's case, also your partners, people you depend on, you know, to get your your product sold. It's opening up the in, the internals. It's opening the kimono. It's sharing about how things happen. Right. And, I mean, who couldn't benefit from that? And now, the way Microsoft did it might be different than the way, right. say, an IBM or a Sun or an Apple would do it. Sure. Um, you know, we, we you know, for some <laughs> for some unknown reason, we chose to make some orange foam guy our master. <laughs> and uh, you know, who knows what other IBM would choose if you know? But but I got to believe that somehow that would it would be it would be valuable to these guys. You know, the community, of course, appreciates seeing in, but I have to think about how much you guys get back from the community when we do see it and, and comment and, and otherwise give you feedback about things. I'll, I'll give a quick answer, and then I'd like Jeremy to jump in because I think he's benefited from the community on the PTC content side. I do know that there's a lot of back-channel communication where you know a video will go out, and then you'll the person in the video will hear, hear all sorts of uh, feedback directly from people who saw the video and say either, you know, I never knew that, or that was just so exciting, or I knew I made the right choice in using this technology, or, you know, boy, did you get it wrong. You know, this, this, and that thing that you talked about, well, let me tell you how it really is. Right. There's a lot of back-channel communication that, that opens up. It's almost like, you know, you opened up the channel, and now that it's open, people feel a little more comfortable about throwing stuff back down that channel towards you. Yeah, and we get, we get a steady stream of it here, too. And, you know, while we're not Microsoft, we certainly... Uh, have learned a lot from our listeners and our community who have sent, you know, well, like, for example, the guy who wrote in about the uh, the C++ wet server pages thing. They, you know, I would never have even have thought that because pe when people think about an ASP net site, they think, oh, a business e-commerce site or something like that. 
But here's a guy who, you know, took took something that we were just ma- basically making fun of, and he's been using it successfully to solve a problem he couldn't solve any other way. Right. You, you would never have heard of this guy otherwise. That's right. No, no but, way. But you sort of opened up the airwaves, so to speak, and, and he and he jumped in on the return. That's great. And, I think this... Go ahead, Steve. Sorry. No, I was going to ask you to jump in, Jeremy, because I know you got some valuable feedback um, regarding. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'd say a couple of things. It was an interesting discussion when you guys talked about other companies. I, I'd say at, at the at the meta level, um, you know, you can certainly always have an interesting conversation with your customers or partners. Um, part of it, though, is, is really your attitude towards what how closely you want to work with them. Um, there are are some companies who take the approach that you know we're going to keep everything under wraps. Right. And we're the, you know, we sort of know what's right for everyone, and we're going to just amaze you with a final release product. Right. Our product says it all. Yeah. And in that case, you know, there might not be a ton of value. If, if that's kind of your, your mindset, you might not really care that much about the feedback. And maybe, you know, what you end up blogging about is kind of a behind the scenes, you know, a year later, here's how we made that thing. Don't you think it's even more cool now? Yeah, I got it. Uh, Microsoft made a, a very explicit choice uh, several years ago to really open up and be a more open to partner feedback and, and community engagement. And so, uh, you know, in, in that sense, uh, blogging during the process and blogging about things that are still happening or haven't happened yet or are just kind of, you know, a, a gleam in someone's eye are really important. I got to think that Microsoft is in a bit of a unique situation being, you know, the maker of Windows, which is which so many people depend on. I mean, you know, I have a car, uh, you know, I, I have a Honda car, but I can't imagine listening to a Honda podcast, you know, I just... Uh, it works. I drive it. I put gas in it. I go. I don't well, really need to well, be in. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, Honda has a, definitely has a design philosophy, they, uh, which they manage to uh, convey in their in their ad series. Right. You, Hondas have a sense about them, and I think if you were a, a Honda fanatic, you might actually want to understand where they're going. Well, what's what's is it the Mustang guys who are blogging? Um, I'm trying to remember now. It's one of the sort of. Uh, smaller brands of one of the big three has a site where they're blogging about their new engine design, and it's all these guys. It's not Mustang; it's, it's something similar. Um, guys who have been, you know, sort of Mustang fans for for years, and you know, got to work at the company, and it's the most exciting thing in the world. And they blog about you know their favorite cars from 30 or 40 years ago, and they blog about the little tweaks they're making to the engine today. And so, you know, that that yeah. to me is that's that's less of a kind of we want your input. It's more just kind of a we want to have a community of people who enjoy talking about them. right although, which, which although I would be I, I wouldn't be surprised though if the blogging about engine design turned into well what if you did this or you know True. this is what I've noticed about my engine yeah that's a good I, I point you know if it turned into a two-way street yeah I, I actually I haven't followed it that closely so I can't yeah I can't comment very, I, you know, I, I know in my point. case uh, the blog was a great resource and I, I don't claim that it was you know any kind of scientific survey or, or polling of opinions um, but between sort of explicitly asking for comments and, you know, getting, getting 15 or 20 comments to come in on a blog post um, and just doing things like going out to, uh, to Technorati or PubSub or Bloglines or any of those things and just searching and seeing who's talking about PDC and what are people saying. Right. Um, it it's really is extraordinarily helpful. And, you know, in, in that sense, it's even for people who aren't actively blogging at Microsoft, it's the opportunity to go out and just, you know, get a, a peek inside the community. Just like the community is interested in a peek inside Microsoft, we're interested in a peek inside the community and see what, what people are talking about. And discussions that might, you know, 10 years ago might have only happened uh, in, in a small side room at a conference or, or might have happened, you know, at a, at a user group meeting. Some of those conversations are happening 
uh, online now, and it's great to be able to get some insight into them. And it, it what's you know, I've done the focus group thing where you you have this grand plan about how you're going to get this information, and sometimes you just don't get the right people in the room. And the the cost and the effort it takes to put that stuff together, in some ways, podcasting or, or blogging is just this constant stream of trying focus groups, throwing it out there over and over again. And sometimes some of them go off. It's just that's you hit a button there, and you get a whole bunch of feedback, and you find something new. You know, trying to do that in a focus group model is much harder to do. It takes a lot more planning, a lot more money, a lot more effort for much low higher risk of failure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really is an, an amazing phenomenon. And it's, um, you know, again, the, the, the funny thing is it's not any kind of deep scientific, you know, survey. And at least in a focus group, right, you can pick kind of 12 people and say, well, I want to have three enterprise developers, and then I would like to have one professional ISV and one SI and, and blah, blah, blah. Whereas you, you really have no idea who's contributing on your blog. So it's in some ways, you know, the, the feedback is a little bit less controlled, but I, I think you can get... The pool of people you have to draw from is, is so much Yeah, more. the pool's much bigger, and the informality is an asset. The people who care participate. You're not limited to who you plan for. You know, It's yep. all the ways that, that focus groups get broken. You, you don't have that problem in a blog. Well, I'm yeah. going to actually spin this right back to PDC now. This is a PDC show. That, I think, <laughs> is actually one of the most amazing assets of PDC is that the people who go to PDC are the people who are interested in the future of the Microsoft platform. Yeah. And it's a chance yeah. to spend four days thinking about nothing other than the, the Microsoft platform and coding on it and where it's going with a bunch of people who are focused on exactly the same thing. And then they go back and they blog about their ideas and they get stuff going and people start commenting. It's Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot you can get off of blogs, and I'm sure we're going to have people, you know, live blog and all, all kinds of sessions. But I think the opportunity to be there in person and, you know, just focus on things. You know, it's put exciting. away the cell phone, put away the pager. Uh, most people manage to be able to do that for at least a couple days. And and spend, you know, from 8.30 in the morning to if you're doing the, the birds of feather sessions, you're there till 9 at night. And you're having a great time and you're just talking about the things you care about the whole time with, with other people who are you know similarly excited about these things. Right. Well, there's just not that many opportunities to look that far forward that long. For days, think forward. Yep. Yeah, we, we like to look, you know, we like the sound of heads popping, basically. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a measure for us. And, and I think to, to add on to what Jeremy is saying, we, we, um, we asked some RDs what, um, why they go to the PDC. And some of you may have seen that thread. And yep. one, one answer really leapt out for me, which was, uh, I go sort of to find out what I don't know. I go to be surprised. Um, you know what you what you learn from blogs is more or less accidental in a way, and, and in some cases unprompted for. Um, but with the PDC, we really do aim to sort of paint the direction, and and we really do hope that you learn things that you didn't know you needed to learn. Well, these are RDs, though, right? I mean, they're they're in the loop for the most part about things that are going on. Yeah, and they and they still you know what I sort of got from this was they still find the PDC valuable. Yeah, because it is this. Uh, highly focused, uh, fo- highly highly focused energy source uh, about the future. I don't know what that's going to sound like uh, when upon playback. It sounds a little flaky, but it really is this source of energy for people. And that's you know I think part of that is just reflecting the amount of work that we put into it. I, I had a, it's interesting that I have a, someone who helps me out um, in the role of content manager, which is kind of keeping a close eye on on all the content we're pulling together. And she's worked several other conferences, but has never worked at PDC before as, 
content manager. And in sort of you know side discussions, she was saying to me, "Boy, you guys sure do things differently for PDC." Um, but she said it in, in a in a really sort of supportive way, and and was kind of awestruck by how much energy we go we put in to, to pulling this thing together. Um, and I think that's that's one of the other things that one of the reasons people find it valuable is that we've put a ton of time, you know, a huge number of person hours into crafting the uh, the right kind of content and community at the conference, so that the attendees really do get something out of it. I, I think, um, Jeremy, you, you need to give folks a little bit of, you know, some numbers. I mean, in the in the track meetings, it's four hours a week minimal. And how many people are in those meetings? Yeah, so we have uh, 12 to 15 people who stick it out for the entire four hours. We have another group of, of senior people, folks at the VP and, and distinguished engineer level, who we ask to attend um, for one hour a week. So they don't have to slog out through the whole meeting. And then we just have countless email threads that go back and forth and, and discussions. Uh, this week, we had to schedule another extra hour lunch meeting because we, we couldn't get through all of our content. Hmm. Um, and it's it, it really is, you know, I, if I compare where we had the session list, let's say, three weeks ago, which was when we just kind of asked people bottoms up, what sessions would you want, versus what we have after yesterday's triage where we applied the top-down strategy, the, the strength and the focus of the session list is so much improved. Hey, uh, I'm interested in hearing any any stories uh, you, you know that you could share with us about things that have happened maybe behind the scenes or unexpected things that, you know, something that would we wouldn't necessarily expect to happen. So I can, I can give you a little bit of a story. I, I think I might even have two stories. At the last PDC, uh, I was the content owner, which is the role Jeremy's playing now. And it was uh, you know, just a totally brand new experience for me. I think, as I said on my blog, I basically um, was in the wrong place at the wrong time when my <laughs> boss said, you're it. Um, of course, I had to pass that on to Jeremy this time. Um, but the, the track meetings back then, you know, Jeremy mentioned all the energy that people put into these things. And I, and, and I totally agree with him that this is what makes the PDC so unique and, and so valuable for people. But that energy also, you know, people get kind of, kind of charged up and kind of punchy and, um, when, for PDC-03, when people showed up late for the track meetings, you, know, you get that many people in the room kind of charged up. Someone, someone opens the door five or ten minutes late and comes in. You know, that doesn't go unnoticed. Um, yeah. We instituted a rule that if you came in late, you would lose a session out of your track. Oh, So that fixes oh, that. awesome. that things pretty quickly. And, you know, sometimes you've got to make arbitrary decisions like that. <laughs> uh, this year, I know, Jeremy, um, if someone shows up late, what's the penalty? Uh, we ended up making people buy breakfast, and since I instituted that rule, no one has been late. So actually, wow. I've had to buy breakfast. Yeah, like for everybody. <laughs> Backfired on you. Yeah, yeah well, because we start the meetings start at nine and they go till one. So okay. we usually pick up lunch and have some box lunch or pizzas brought in. Right. Um, and Steve was kind <laughs> enough to bring donuts on the morning of the first one. Um, right, and I well, think uh, I brought four dozen uh, Krispy Kreme donuts. I ate one, and no one else touched any of the remaining. Uh, what is that? Four <laughs> donuts. Uh, another thing that uh, last PDC, everyone is aware of the wildfire, the um, wildfires. And the oh yeah, smoke yeah, shutting down. And um, you know, I, I, I they, the, the PDC, the conference arrives, and you figure, you know, content owner, you're done, right? People are going to just going to show up, give their talks, and, and your, your job is done. Just make sure that the keynote demos don't crash and stuff like that. But on the Sunday before, day zero, the airports were, were shutting down left and right. In That's the right. Afternoon. People had to drive from yeah, Las Vegas. Because of the smoke. And, and, yeah, and it's, it's, so for me, it was like, oh, my God. I, mean, I, I thought I'd be done here. But uh, it was basically six hours of uh, 
you know, high adrenaline stress, we, we set up a little war room with two huge whiteboards. You know, on white and one whiteboard was where are all the execs who are giving keynotes, where are their demo jocks, and then the other whiteboard was where are all the uh, presenters, speakers for the breakout sessions on Monday, yeah. day one. And we started calling every one of them and tracking them. Uh, a couple execs were coming down on on, um, on chartered airplanes, and we got some people to jump onto those. Um, Chris Anderson, I believe, was stuck in, in someplace in Nevada. We were tracking yeah, him. He was obviously, he and Don Box were in Jim Alton's keynote, Jim Alton's keynote on day one. Yep. We kind of kept track with him. Another guy who was demoing in Bill's keynote, a guy named Hillel Cooperman, he was flying down mm-hmm. with another guy in a private airplane. They had to stop for fuel someplace. The plane wouldn't start up. Oh. They, uh, they, they quote-unquote flagged a passing airplane. I don't know how they did that. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> offered them free software and got a ride down to the That's awesome. So there's just stories like this. And, you know, you wonder how much of it is true and you want to check repeat and stuff like that. But it was uh, quite a last-minute uh, fire drill, literally, for what was, you know, a five- or six-month-long sprint. Um, so when the, when the curtain went up, Figuratively on on Bill's keynote, it was quite, you know, it was it was really just Nick in time, just barely things were coming together at the last minute. And, yeah, I remember uh, that. And the and the big thing we had to figure out was should Bill joke about the wild wildfires or not. <laughs> that was our last major decision to make. <laughs> so I, I have I have one sort of story from this year that uh, I'm trying to think of things that were unexpected. I don't know if I have anything too too funny other than uh, the various people being late and, and the breakfast stories. But one thing that really impressed me and surprised me, and it's a good behind-the-scenes story, is how completely non-territorial these, these senior guys are when you get them in a room. Um, mm. I, I was just stunned by the way, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, should I use names, Steve, or should I yeah, keep sure, it go ahead. So Chris Jones, who is the VP of Program Management for Windows Core, something like that. I think I got his title wrong, actually, in our buzzcast yesterday, Michael, but I, I looked it up. He's He's something like that. Um, anyways, he's a really senior guy who runs large parts of Windows um, and focuses a lot on um, on stuff that's in the Windows box, right? Stuff that ships in Windows. He doesn't necessarily focus on the the redistributables like uh, like the .NET frameworks or, or right. WinFX. And I remember early on in the meetings, you know, sort of talking and and his track, the the fundamentals track that he represents had, you know, a list of thirty or forty sessions, and we were only going to have room for nineteen or twenty of them. And it was just stunning when he said, you know, I'm willing to give up more of these sessions to make room for other APIs that are more important. And it, it seems like a, a trivial thing. I don't know if I conveyed the, the weight of it here uh, as, as we're talking. But, you know, to have a guy who's a vice president and is responsible for a part of the business just kind of let go and say, you know what, I recognize that some of the stuff I'm doing just isn't as important and isn't as strategic as some of these other things. And so yeah. I'm going to let those other guys have more sessions. Yeah, yeah it really is something because, you know, that's the only – time they're going to be visible, you know, before they ship. Yep. Well, well not, not quite. I mean, there's, um, there's MSDN and there's other vehicles, but the point still remains that you know, Chris was recognizing, you know, we all have to think together for, you know, for the developer's sake, for the attendee's sake. And, and Jeremy, I saw the same thing in 03, and I was, you know, I, I remember walking out of track meetings thinking that you know, the PDC really does bring out the best in people, at, you know, and, and best in Microsofties in this regard. They're, they really are putting on the hat of what's what's the best thing for the attendee, what's yeah. the best thing for the developer. And, and that's always a tough thing. It's it's very easy to get very focused hard. on trying to sell your chunk of software. Yeah, we we don't want it to be a festival of the random, as right. uh, as 
someone around, someone in his office is, is fond of saying. We really do try to synchronize all this stuff. And, and Jeremy's point is right on, is that people, you know, they sit down in these track meetings and they really do think about the big picture. And, you know, just as another data point, the, the folks running the data and systems track, Tom Rizzo, Ewan Garden, and Matt Nunn, all of whom I think have blogged about it a little bit. But, you know, those guys are all SQL guys. For the most part, their their day job is is to sell SQL Server and, and make it a better product. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and yet here they have this track of 19 sessions, and uh, they've been really great about not loading it up just just full of Yukon stuff. And and you know, part of that is again because we we want this focus to be on forward-looking content at PDC. We we can't afford to spend 19 sessions on on technology that. You could have heard about a tech ed. You know, we don't want we don't want to repeat tech ed sessions because then what's the value of PDC? Right. And it's, yeah, it's, it's all about I mean, guys, the differentiation you know? between the two. Sorry, there's, there's definitely a differentiation between the two. Don't talk yeah. to me about what you're shipping. Talk to me about what you're thinking about shipping. And tech ed also seems to me, at least, to be more focused on, especially this year, uh, very much focused on IT, a lot of security stuff, you know, a lot of data stuff, and 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 d- as well as the developer stuff. Sort of a nice mix, whereas PDC, you really get sort of in-depth into the development-centric kind of right, uh, right. stuff. Right, PDC is developer-powered, baby. Um, yeah. Which is funny since we're talking about operating systems at PDC. Yeah, right. But, I mean, that's that's what you have. That's what you're ultimately programming, right? Yeah. I was just thinking about the dichotomy here of the developers conference focusing on the operating system and the IT conference yeah, focusing is. on developer tools. That is interesting. Well, and that's it's not entirely. I mean, we'll have plenty of, of tools content at PDC. The, the, the way the way I sort of distinguish between the two. So the, there's a couple ways to slice it. Um, one one way to slice is certainly between technologies that are shipping today versus you know things we're thinking about shipping in the future. Yeah. Um, one way is things that are focused uniquely on developers and architects versus content that's shared across um, developers and IT. Um, and then uh, another way to think of it is. is sort of training versus general strategic thinking, right? TechEd has some really clear goals. It says when you go to TechEd, the day you get back, you should be a, you should be better at your job. Yeah, yes. You go to TechEd to get training, and that's that's super important. And there are some people, if you only have one conference a year, that's what you want to do. Yeah, good uh, bang for the right? buck. Um, PDC does not have that goal. Um, I, you know, I, I hope people learn a lot of things at PDC, and I hope they spend time in the labs. But um, my goal is that people leave PDC with a better understanding of where Microsoft thinks the future of applications are going. Yeah. Uh, and they leave with an understanding of how our platform is going to help them reach that future as partners on our platform. And they leave with, an under, with a, a good evaluation of whether they really believe the platform can do it or not. Um, and that, that last one's actually super important to me. It's something I'm really trying to emphasize this year. I, if, if people just walk away and they say, well, I understand the vision but it was all just vaporware or, you know, I, I don't really believe it. Let's wait a couple of years and see what, you know, what the security is like or what the perf is like. Then I don't think we've done our job. Uh, I really want to make sure we emphasize the, the sort of scalability and security and reliability of the stuff we're building so that the architects who are there can really get to do an honest evaluation and go home saying, you know what, I'm ready to bet on Indigo and I'm ready to bet on Avalon or, you know, whatever it may be, Longhorn, right. Longhorn Client, Longhorn Server, Office, Internet Explorer 7, whatever it may be that's relevant to you. You know, Steve, I have a, I have a, a quick story that I remember from PDC, and then i got to ask you a question about that survey that, you, uh, that Kevin sent out. 
But uh, I remember distinctly being in the dinner. I think it, it was either in the dinner hall, like around the, the tables where people were eating, or it was uh, in the, the sessions where they had it. It, was pre, it wasn't the cabanas, but they had these little tech talks around these tables. Do you remember that night that there was like little topics and people would gather around tables and, yeah, uh, and ask the experts? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. It was ask the experts. And I just remember seeing this horde this horde of people as if the president of the United States was in the room. And I looked and I went over there and I got up on a chair and I looked and it was Anders Hausberg. <laughs> I have another uh, memory just like that. Um, at last PDC, it was the first time we really tried out the notion of track lounges. And yeah. So in retrospect, they seem pretty primitive, but at the time it was a brand new concept for us. We had set up areas, six areas and three separate spaces, excuse me, uh, six areas, six track lounges in two separate physical spaces, so three track lounges per space. And I remember walking by and, again, seeing this crowd of people um, sort of arranged in a semicircle in front of a whiteboard, and I was kind of curious, and I walked up closer, and it was Anders you know, doing yeah. something about languages, some aspect of C-sharp on a whiteboard, and it was totally dead quiet. Yeah, if um, there ever was a rock star. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I remember thinking, yeah, A, you know, Anders is a rock star, uh, and and you know B, I was kind of happy that the track lounges were working. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, that they were doing what we wanted them to do. And the question is, uh, so one of the questions that we we got as in, you asked the regional directors was uh, something along the lines of how relevant is the information you get at PC to your business decisions, you know, for the next year. In other words, do you actually make business decisions based on what uh, you know what you see at the PDC? And I'm interested as to if you remember how what the what the the feeling was on that um, at O three or in, in general. Yeah, just in just in general. I I, I think um, I think it's a huge. It's probably a, a large it comprises it comprises a large number of inputs, but not all the inputs. Um, I, I think you you know when you hear the executives talking in the keynotes about where they think things are going, that's broad brush. Uh, broad brush type stuff. Right. We have a number of announcements planned. You can't say what they are now, but you're going to hear about some specific technologies that we we are excited about and we definitely think will influence your planning. And um, and then you, you get a chance to talk with specific people, specific rock stars to, to sort of answer key questions. I know that um, one of the RDs responded that uh, a key reason that they go to the PDC is to get answers, questions answered. You know, sometimes right. very specific ones, sometimes very broad ones. So I think, I think in in if you have specific, if you have a choice of where you want to go in the future, if you have uh, one or two different branches you might take, what you hear at PDC might influence influence you to the point where you're able to tell which one to take. It might, as someone some other RD said, it might show you something you didn't even know you didn't know. Yeah, and so it might open up a totally new direction for you. So I, I think it, it could be, you know, a heavy influencer depending on what you're doing. Um, I certainly hope everyone is influenced to some degree. Yeah. You know, then, then, it, then it proves to be valuable. Um, I think it was one of the RDs also said, and, and I know this is certainly an impact that happens to me, as a, as a true consultant, you know, reviewing architectural designs and so forth, it's very useful to get that forward look so that you can help choose what technologies and what directions development's going in over the next year yeah. that's going to move in the same direction that Microsoft is moving in so that when the next versions do ship, what you've got works with it. Yeah. Right. And we are, we are sensitive to the notion that, you know, we, 
what, what is the curve, the value curve, as it were, for the PDC and, um, in the following sense? If we talk about stuff that's too far out, well, it's interesting, but you know, you re- it's not actionable. You can't really do anything about it. Right. If we talk about stuff that's shipping now, well, you know, that's not the PDC. That's tech ed. So we're, we're, right. we really are trying to dial that that curve in just right so that we show you stuff that's far enough out that it's worth your time to come and hear about it. It's far enough out that we can that we have we get feedback on it, but it's not so far out that you can't do something about it. So Jeremy, as part of Jeremy's uh, content vision or content plan for this PDC, we are paying specific attention to what we're going to talk about that's in the near-term, mid-term, and long-term, and we're really going to control the amount of content in each of those and yeah, optimize so accordingly. We, we uh, set some specific goals around that just to make sure that, you know, no more than, than uh, 10% of our content was really kind of way forward blue-sky speculation. But at the same time, I, I do think that's important because if you're someone who's sort of, you know, looking to renew the decision to bet on the Microsoft platform, um, and we want to help you feel confident that we we plan to do some good things going forward and that it's the right bet. Yeah, and we, we, we sort of we, we do definitely feel that part of the value of the Microsoft platform is that we do have um, a pretty extensive vision. The platform is broad, the platform is deep, and, and we have some pretty extensive thinking about where it should go and we wanna reveal that to you. You know, the the fact that the platform has this, you know, actual direction or vector that is headed in is is a good attribute. We want to share it with you. It used to be at previous PDCs that you that we had the following test. You don't get a session, or you don't get more than one session, say, unless unless you ship bits at the PDC. That was a good enough test. Um, but we've kind of upped the bar because you know, we, we, we still have that test, but we also have other tests as to what, what has, which result in us being able to figure out whether this is near, medium, or long-term. Because even the long-term stuff can ship bits these days. Yeah, before right. we before we get off track uh, and and into something else, I I really have to bring this up. Um, uh, I brought it up the last time we talked, and and I've come to a, a little bit of a different realization now. You know, everybody's everybody talks about uh, you know how Longhorn slipped and blah blah blah, and you know the PDC two thousand three was too far. Look too far to the future, you know. What, you know, there was nothing new and all this stuff. And P- I hear people complain. And uh, y- you know, the reality is that PDC, that Longhorn wasn't as far in the future as it is now. Then, you know, there was, th- and, and what happened was that, uh, and for, for, you know, forgive me if I got this wrong, but from what I understand, that uh, you know, the the security stuff in XP SP two came along and you guys had to divert your resources to it. And I just want to say thank you for doing that because if you hadn't done that, we wouldn't have any customers left to sell Longhorn to. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I really think you made the, the right decision in fixing uh, at, you know, XP because the, the spyware issue is pretty much a non-issue now. I, I hear you. I, I remember while... PDC 03 planning was going on, this SP2 thing was gearing up, and it was a little bit of a distraction at first, and then it started taking more and more resources from the people who were supposed to help me plan things. And then these people who were working on SP2 started wanting sessions even. So, wow, what's going on here? So, yeah, What I, kind of I service remember, pack is this? Right. I, I remember Jim Alchin, I, I may, I hope I'm remembering correctly here, that he said in the keynote, he talked about SP2, and he might have even said, you know, we're devoting resources, and this is going to slow us down. Right. I'm really glad you did. Uh, that was, you know, 
that had to be dealt with. Just had to be. You know, there's actually, it's just an interesting, sometimes people sort of think that that's a little bit of a, of a BS answer. They say, oh, you know, how could X, S, SB2 really have had, you know, that much of an impact on things? But my experience is, is exactly that a lot of the people building Longhorn just stopped and turned back and focused specifically on security for, I don't know, it was six to nine months when they right. were really intently into it. Right. Um, and, you know, things, things that seem trivial sometimes from the outside actually take a lot of work. Um, I love the IE team has blogged. Um, a couple of their devs have, have done a, um, some blog entries on uh, how they implemented things like um, transparent alpha channel um, in, in pings, um, which is going to be in IE7. And that's nothing to do with security, obviously. But you, know, you read through that blog entry where the guy talks about how much work it was to really oh, do yeah. it and do it in the right way and make it performant. Right. Um, and, and things like that that seem like so easy actually take up a lot of time. And so security took up a lot of time. It was time well spent. Definitely. Uh, I'm glad we're in agreement on that. Um, yeah, definitely. Nice to you know, be able to have the team focus back on long. Yeah, I just, I just think that, you know, you, it's time to stop being defensive about it and being offensive. I mean, it, it well, not offensive, but you know what I mean? Being... <laughs> Being uh, forward about it, 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 it's a good thing. You made the right decision. And yeah, you know, and the other thing I feel good about is that we didn't charge for it. We we, <laughs> we could have right. done that deal where, you know, you say, oh, 150 bucks for yeah. 150 security features. And and we didn't do that. We, no, no. We, that... we took a, a big hit, right? Yep. And that's one, one more year when we couldn't be selling Longhorn. And right. we said, we're not going to try and, you know, make up for that by, by charging for this stuff. And I, that wasn't a decision I played any part in whatsoever. But, boy, I'm glad that's the decision we made. Yeah, me too. So have I said that enough? I'm really glad you made that decision. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, hey, Michael. I'll pass it on. Michael, let me ask you, um, because we haven't heard from you in a while, who who can we expect to hear on your Buzzcast podcasts, Buzzcast shows, Buzzcast shows? Well, the the intent there is to, uh, to bring in the people who are going to be uh, both building and uh, presenting at PDC. Um, hopefully we're going to get some of the, the uh, not only the track owners, but the actual uh, program managers and product group members who are going to be presenting their new work. And as we get closer and closer to the event, some of those things will be things they can talk more and more about. And just to try to get that, that full you know, emotional value of somebody who's excited about what they're doing and how the world can find out about it in just a few weeks, get them and come and talk about it. Plus, uh, I'm hoping we're going to be able to get a few of the rock stars and maybe even a surprise, you know, higher level guest or two as we get closer and closer to the event. Cool. Now, I know that uh, I've talked to Ted Patterson and Don Box and George Bullock, and there seems to be a consensus that we feel that there may be an appearance of Band on the Runtime at this PDC. I can't confirm nor deny that. However, uh, I hope you would seek us out and uh, and try to try to give us some props. Well, I, I would certainly be uh, be happy to do that, and uh, you know, I've actually had a few people ask me after TechEd if I knew about Band on the Runtime and and uh, you know whether or not I was going to try to find my way into the band. All right, I'm wondering, are you guys going to practice this time? <laughs> yeah, that we we practiced last time. Did you? Oh, yeah, we did. Steve. Oh my God! <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Uh, well, Carla, <laughs> gonna, are you ready to talk about what you're going to be doing at PDC? Uh, sure. Let's talk about it. What are we going to be doing at PDC? I don't even know what we're going to be doing at PDC. What would you like us to be doing at yeah, PDC? Yeah, what would you like Steve? us to do? Well, what did you do last time? Well, we last time we did a, a sort of a game show, and uh, that was kind of fun, but it was a little fluffy. And I, what I think I'd like to do is an actual .NET Rocks show like we did at TechEd 
with real content uh, just in front of a live audience. You know, and in lieu of that, we could uh, just do a game show again because we have new game show ideas, don't we, Richard? Sure. And I'm not against doing both. Let's talk about doing something. Definitely. Definitely. All right. uh, Last question I like to ask all of my uh, guests before, all of our guests before before we wrap it up here. What's the uh, coolest thing you've downloaded lately? Or in lieu of that, do you have a really funny joke you'd like to tell that you think you can beat Michelle <laughs> Leroux Bustamante? I don't know. Do we, we should work. We should uh, work up some PDC jokes. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you, <laughs> I, I downloaded the final version of Onfolio V2, which is just a cool product. What is that? It's hard to. I don't know what they say it is. I'll try to describe what I think it is. It's something integrates with your browser, or you can run it standalone. It's a managed app. And say you're say you're researching something like the the. Typical example is, you know, I'm, I'm, search, I'm researching a digital camera purchase. So you go, all, go to all these sites, and if you're at all you know, slightly compulsive, you try to save all the URLs and maybe save some information about each one. Hmm. But with Onfolio, it, it opens up a sidebar on your browser, and you just click a button, and it saves the URL for the sites. You can organize the URLs in a, hier- a folder hierarchy. Hmm. You can copy the page or adjust the URL. You can also just cut and paste text from each page as well. So it's, you know, it sounds very simple, but once you start using it, you just wonder, you know, how how did you do anything at all on the web beforehand? Yeah, I, I you know, what happens to me is my favorites list fills up to the point where I can't find anything, and then I stop using it. Yeah, yeah, and this is, <laughs> you know, it, it um, you know, visually, it, it from a user experience perspective, it's much easier to use in a favorites. Uh, right. Favorites list, it's hierarchical. It uses this, you know, very familiar uh, paradigms for organizing this stuff. So that's on Folio, O N F O L I O. Cool. And uh, that was that was Jeremy or Steve? That was Steve. All right, Jeremy. Uh, I downloaded the exact same thing. We're identical. No, 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 I'm sorry. sorry. You know, I'm actually I'm going to step outside the world of software and say the coolest thing I downloaded, and it took me overnight because of uh, slow connections. Was you know the the BBC BBC releasing um, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide? No, no, no. Uh, The classical music recordings, and now I'm totally blanking. It was it was uh, the the suite of Beethoven symphonies one through nine, if memory serves, and they were going to put them up. Uh, who could, who you know, conducted recordings that they did themselves with the you know the, the BBC orchestra or whoever it is? Oh, okay. Um, Are these new recordings or old recordings? Uh, new, new, new. And they huh. they put up the MP3s and they said for the next month wow. they're free downloads. Hey, that's great. You know, classical music is like what you know seven percent of all music is classical. It's very low. And I was just hearing something on NPR about how. People are afraid that it's just going to die. Nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to want it. And that, that would be a real shame. So I'm glad to hear they're getting modern. You know, yeah, well, think it was, of it. They, they, classical music is the reason we have CDs. Well, it, it was uh, the, the length that Sony decided that CDs should be 72 minutes long or should be able to hold 72 minutes of music because Beethoven's Ninth typically yep. ran 72 minutes long. Yeah. Right. And the Japanese are just crazy about Beethoven's Ninth. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, Michael, what's the coolest thing you've downloaded lately? Well, aside from from uh, tons and tons of, of interesting music, uh, I would say that the, in terms of practical things, mine's a software thing, which is the uh, SQL Express Manager, because part of Visual Studio is this new database, SQL Express, but you need some kind of manager to be able to manipulate the databases and so forth, and it just turned out to be a godsend on a 
on a deadline that was coming up and had to be done within the next six hours. And so it was, uh, it worked exactly as advertised and was, was absolutely cool. Excellent. Well, you guys got any last minute words of wisdom before we sign off here? Listen to the uh, Buzzcast. Listen to the Buzzcast. Come to the PDC. Check out Channel 9 and hope Jeff got on the plane well enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll blog think, about it if he didn't. <laughs> thanks to you guys for having us and for being you know, another awesome resource in the community. Oh, you're too kind. Thanks for yeah. coming on our lousy thanks. show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. See you, Thank see you. you in L.A. We'll see you later. You bet. Have a good week. Yes, I'm a, a time boy. Life is hard.